Welcome to The Wedding Edit, a wedding planning podcast for the modern couple. Today, we would love to welcome the beautiful, wonderful, and talented Lydia Lauder from STEM House and Flora Bloom. She is the co-founder of STEM House and the founder of Flora Bloom. So good to have you here today. We're very excited to have you. So welcome. Thank you. Thank you for having me. And we've got the lovely little Oakley as well, but he's asleep. So if there's any cute baby noises, you'll know what that is all about. And I promise none of the pop-offs are from any of us girls or Doug. (laughs) (laughs) Or Olive. (laughs) Well, I can't promise that, but we'll see. (laughs) Uh, So Lydia, tell us how you got into floristry um, and particularly into the wedding industry. We'd love to hear all, all about that. Yeah, so I started with floristry when I was 15. I can remember the moment when it all happened. I didn't really know what I wanted to do. And I, my mum was like, oh, have a look through like the work job ads in the trading post or whatever it used to be back in those days. Yeah. Um, Career one. Yeah, something <laughs> like that. And I was skimming through and there was like a job app, like advertisement for a um florist assistant and I was like oh floristry that sounds like a fun job because I liked creative side of things and that same day my grandma popped in and she was I was like oh I think I want to try floristry Um, and she was like oh I know a florist I know a local florist let's pop in and see if you can do some work experience Mm -hmm. so all in this same day she takes me in to meet this lady and the lady was like oh yeah I need someone to help out do you want to start today? You can have a job. <laughs> that's so good. What? That's crazy. All in one um, day. All in yeah. one day. That yeah. would have to be a record. Like it was, first job, yeah. looked in the paper and was employed <laughs> on, on the same day <laughs> as I decided Pretty to much. find a job. Yep. Um, and so that's how it kind of started working in a bit of floristry. And she offered me a traineeship after I'd been doing just some part-time work there for a while. Um, so that's how I started as a florist, I did my traineeship with her for three years and then branched out into other floristry areas, which landed me working for a wedding company that focused purely on weddings, not just floristry, but like the whole Oh wow. Lot. Yeah. So they did wedding setups, wedding styling, like invitations. I didn't know this about you. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> um and that's how I kind of started my love for weddings because it wasn't just the flowers that I loved about it. Mm. I loved the whole crazy industry. Did you get involved in other parts of that business or I were did, you mainly Yeah, flowers? so I was doing um, like setups. I was helping like couples choose their stationery. I was helping them, um, yeah, do the setups of ceremonies, receptions, like tying bows on chairs. Wow, now I know who All to call on when I need an extra set of hands. Yeah, <laughs> I, I used to be able to do like a hundred bows on chairs in like oh. an hour. <laughs> Thank goodness that no one wants chair bows anymore. I'm really glad that has like phased out. <laughs> yeah, the organza material is that yes. what it's called? Yeah. Oh, oh and no. the satin. Oh, it was chair covers. Yeah, oh. they're like a thing of the past. I think. I hate I them. I hope so. <laughs> Hate is such a strong word, but imagine yeah. if they came back though. <laughs> Sorry, oh, I know. Continue. Well, everything does eventually, <laughs> doesn't it? So that was wow. my sort of foot into the wedding industry, mm-hmm. and I 
obviously I did all their bouquets and flowers for them as well while I worked there. Um, And after that, I was working in a retail florist, which is the one that eventually bought. So that is now now Flora Bloom. Um, And we did weddings through there as well. And I always, wherever I worked, seemed to just end up doing the weddings because that's what you had what I loved yeah um yeah and then worked on a really beautiful wedding with a friend and that's when stem house founded itself because we combined our talents to create yeah some really beautiful weddings oh that's awesome so today we're going to sort of talk about well all things flowers but um, we have a long list of questions for Lydia because I feel like flowers is so important. It's such an important part of weddings. And often a lot of people don't know a lot of the, you know, things that go on in the background and, you know, why things flowers cost a certain price. So one question I've got for you is what does the average bouquet cost? And, you know, you might want to talk through seasonal versus premium bouquet. Yeah, of but course. Yeah. So these days when people come asking for a wedding quote for just one bouquet, um, I usually will say minimum 250 and it goes up from there. So and that's for seasonal? That's like- for seasonal. So 250 will cover like a seasonal bouquet, you know, your medium sort of average size. Um, and then obviously if you're wanting more premium blooms, the price just – goes up from there yeah so for our listeners can you talk us through what seasonal would be Mm. and what would premium be so seasonal flowers are the things that the flowers that are grown in um, Australia and are um, what is grown particularly like in spring or summer or winter when you're autumn so whenever the event is it's what's like naturally available at that time Um, these flowers come to us much easier and cheaper because we don't have to get them in from other places. Yeah. So you'd be thinking of things like your native flowers, your proteas and, um, you know, lisianthus, scabiosas, ranunculi, like all, I guess like all those really springy flowers, tulips, dahlias, dahlias, that's all what we would call a seasonal bloom. Um, And then premium is when you're looking at roses and orchids. Most of these aren't grown in Australia, so we have to import them from overseas. So they come with like additional cost. Yeah, okay. And so how much would a premium bouquet be if a seasonal was like starting at 250 for a standard size? Yeah, so our premium bouquets usually are around your 350, so you can expect to pay at least another hundred dollars to get something that is, say, for instance, completely roses or a combination of roses and orchids. They don't have a lot of greenery or no greenery in them at all. Anything like that is going to be around your three hundred and fifty dollars. Yeah, yeah. So, like a trend I see at the moment, we. Well, I don't know if it'll be a trend forever, but um, the row, like just the long stem rose bouquet. So if if people are looking at that, you know, yeah. all roses, long stems, no foliage really, is that sort of three fifty? Yeah, I mean, when yeah, with the long stem rose bouquets, we we've got to think that most roses are costing between ten to fifteen dollars a stem. So depending on how big you want that to wow. be. 
That's um, even more than it can even go above three fifty. Mm. Wow. So Lydia, we hear a lot about like flowers being so expensive and people always asking why are flowers so expensive and people don't realize I guess what goes into everything so I thought you could like maybe guide us through why do flowers cost what they do yeah so I think the best way to unpack that is to really look at everything that's involved in getting a flower grown and then into your wedding bouquet or a florist shop Um, with our local flowers you've got um, growers that have to you know to care for this flower fertilize it many many hours going into their crops um wages rent all of that that they have to cover when they are then selling that flower wholesale which then we're purchasing we have those costs to consider as well so you know we have to put our markup on so by that stage you're getting an the price of the flower so you know this can vary from like three dollars to like ten dollars depending on what the flower is and how how it how much effort it takes to create this flower Um, then we also can look at where they're coming from so if they're not coming locally we are getting them from interstate so they're getting bought in on trucks which we've got then the fuel costs the um wages there and you know refrigeration all of this to consider imported flowers is like another step again we're looking at shipping containers and we're looking at um flights to bring these flowers into the country and be processed like they go through really strict quarantine so there's a lot that's involved um so if you look at all of that you can really see why a flower costs so much So, Lydia, what sort of labour is involved in the lead-up to a wedding as a wedding florist? Um, Can you talk us through a typical lead-up process? Of course. So, when we're starting a wedding, I think our couples think that their flowers come in the morning of their wedding and are put together and they're all ready to go like that. Um, (laughs) That is a common misconception. We will start a wedding process like on a Tuesday or a Wednesday in a lead up for a wedding on the weekend. So um, our flowers are sometimes coming in on a Tuesday or a Wednesday, especially anything imported. Um, We need to make sure that there's lots of time for those to come in because they've got to be processed through quarantine at the airport and all of that before we even get our hands on them. So we don't want to leave that timing too close, otherwise you could end up with no flowers for your wedding. Um, <laughs> so we're getting those in on Tuesday or a Wednesday. When you say getting those in, tell, maybe talk us through how do you get what the flowers. What that means? Yeah. Because yeah. like, you have to actually go to the market, don't Yeah, you? so we, with the imported flowers, which is what is in a lot of weddings at the moment. So that's why I'm referencing them a lot. Um, They come through a flower wholesaler. So that person is communicating with the overseas grower to get them into the state through the airports. Um, And then we will go and collect them from the wholesaler. So the wholesaler will be at the airport, you know, at 3 or 4 a.m. picking up the flowers and then bringing them to their warehouse, which is where we will then collect them and check them all off, make sure that they've come in, 
the right colours, the right quantities. If anything's not right, we often have to, that's the point where we'll be making any substitutions and yeah, coming so up not- with plan A or plan B or plan C sometimes to, um, to you know, correct anything that might not be right. So it's not just a matter of like walking in, drive through, pick up your flowers no. and off you go. Like it's it can be quite, there for how long are you usually there for? I can quite often be there for an hour on like to do a pickup to go through everything. Um, yeah, so it is quite a process even just at that point. Mm-hmm. Um, once we have collected them, we bring them all back to our studio um, and we start to prepare them. So every single packet has to be like undone every single stem of flower has the foliage like removed they get recut they get wired they get put into like fresh water and then depending on what we need that flower to do they'll be put into a cool room so that they stay nice and tight or they'll be left out so that they can start to open a little bit yeah and like a lot of people don't realize that with the roses that look really open that people like that look mm. where the petals are kind of all flexed yeah flexed. so they call it reflexing yeah. a rose and a lot of um a lot of couples don't know that that's actually like the florist actually does that by hand yeah, takes a long one time. petal at a time I mean you're probably really fast at it now <laughs> yeah. even so like yeah that yeah when we've got a wedding with a lot of roses, yeah, you can roses. spend like a whole day just yeah. um, reflexing all the roses yeah. because it's a really slow and careful process so that you're not actually bruising or damaging yeah. any of the petals. You're just pulling them open. We might even put a photo of a reflex rose Remember, up in our yeah, I think YouTube I've got one. video um, <laughs> so that, mm. yeah, people can yeah. see exactly what that means. I mean, a lot of people probably know what it is, but I think there'd be a lot of people out there that don't know mm. what that means and they, yeah. they think the rose just comes like that. Yeah. Yeah, don't yeah. realise that that's a manual process that we put the rose through and we actually need it to sit out in room temperature for a little while to actually soften yeah. enough that we can, you know, manipulate the petals without they can be really damaging tight, them. Aren't they? Yeah. Like the, um, what do you call it? The bu- Not the bulb. <laughs> the head of the flower can be really tight in like the, the roses. But then, mm. yeah. I think as they get older, do they loosen more and more? They do. Then they like drop their petals. Yeah. They? So they'll and they and when they're in a fridge, they'll be like really like crisp and tight. And yeah. then once they're in room temperature for a little while, they'll soften oh, that's a bit. So fascinating. And, and then you we can't can start- reflex them too soon either, can you? Because if you reflex them like three days before the wedding. They, won't, they don't keep as well, do they? Not as well. So usually like that's what we'll be doing on like a Thursday or a Friday. Right before um, the wedding. Right, right before the wedding is we'll be reflexing and, yeah, it can take one person the whole day to do the roses for just one wedding. Um, it's quite a process. It is quite therapeutic but, yeah, yeah. it's time-consuming. Mm. So You're to get paying that, people to do that, To yeah. get that beautiful look that couples want for their wedding flowers, mm. um, that's what's required. And then yeah. with our roses, we quite often will put a support wire on them too, depending what they're going to be used for so that it's like an extra insurance that on the day nothing's going to fall over and look like it's dying. Mm-hmm. So that, right. again, is another I didn't step that. that goes through everything to, yeah, have That's the flowers <laughs> looking their best. Yeah. yeah. Um, we'll, once this has all been done, we'll spend – hours dividing them all up into the areas so we know we've got everything ready to put into the arrangement 
Um, so dividing them up in terms of like this is for the bouquets, this exactly, is for the yeah. table settings. Yeah, yeah. Okay. And yeah, we'll do the bouquets first because the bouquets will always get like the best blooms out of what's ever what's come in. So yeah, separating them all, um, and then we are finally ready to actually start putting them into arrangements, which can be another whole day of <laughs> creating. Arranging. I mean, one bouquet will take um, a florist about an hour to put together. And then you've got your table arrangements and, yeah, your bar arrangements and your sign arrangements. Ceremony. Ceremony. We quite often do ceremonies on site. So yeah. Yeah. Um, that doesn't always get constructed beforehand but yeah even just preparing everything making sure it's ready to go so there's like a three four day (laughs) lead up before we even get to the wedding day in what goes into getting these flowers ready for the wedding yeah and then like I just thought it just popped into my head hanging installations a lot of people don't actually know what goes into that I'm opening a can of worms here (laughs) but for I mean I think it's a really important thing to educate people on because a lot of people don't know and I didn't know before I was a wedding stylist that often um, when there's a hanging installation you know um, obviously there needs to be a structure to hang from but often that structure is provided by a lighting or someone who can rig it so you need to have certain licenses to be able to rig something because it's hanging above people's heads you can't just like hang it from fishing wire (laughs) and hope that it doesn't land on someone so there's also like added costs which aren't always necessarily part of the florist quote some some florists will you know, incorporate it in their quote, but then there's those added costs. So that's why I think, you know, it is so expensive. Um, Weddings, there's no wedding tax as such. People think, uh, in my opinion, I mean, you might... Doesn't sound like you're getting paid enough. (laughs) (laughs) No, definitely not. No, um, but I don't think there's a wedding tax when it comes to flowers. No, definitely not. I think it, yeah, it's more the fact that there's just so much time required to create what needs to be created for a wedding so that is why it costs more than just like a bunch of flowers you pick up from your local florist yeah because that does not have the same amount of time and preparation as going into someone's wedding day we want to make sure everything is perfect so you know even sorting the flowers to you know we'll get some in that aren't the best quality so we have to like sort them and make sure that everything is going to be beautiful for on the day yeah, and how often do you throw a party for 150 people and, you know, cover all your tables in flowers? Of course yeah. it's going to be expensive. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so I think when you look at yeah, what's required, yeah, it makes a lot more sense why wedding flowers are expensive. Yeah, for sure. So we're talking about the price of things then. If a couple decided to have more like greenery or foliage, would this then make – perhaps it's a bit more affordable for them like could you tell us a little bit about that yeah so using any type of foliage is always going to bring your costs down a little bit Um, we have a lot of mechanics that we use in floristry to create these designs and we need to cover them so that they can't be seen so just all you see is beautiful flowers when you're using foliage that's a really you know cost effective way to cover what we've done in the behind the scenes 
create fullness and then you've got your flowers incorporated in that but you don't need so many so if you think if you think like a wedding flower most of them are going to cost between seven to ten dollars just as an average guide per bloom that's going to add up really quickly especially when you if you're using only flowers and you've got to cover everything to create a really full um, luxurious look Mm. whereas greenery you know you might be paying instead $25 for a whole bunch that can cover a lot of area much quicker um that is why greenery is going to cost a lot more than uh, sorry cost a lot less than just going all flowers is there less labor involved with greenery as well like obviously there's still labor but is there less of that yeah so we you know you don't have to prep a bunch of greenery to the same extent that you're going to have to prep a bunch of roses so yeah, it costs it a lot more less space as well. And it covers it? a lot more space yeah. than one rose. Yeah, yeah. So I actually thought of another question. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, this just flowers are just there's so much. And <laughs> um, I'd once had a um, bride say to me, you know, like we're gonna save money by we're just gonna cut the olive leaf off some like trees, and we're just gonna like throw it on the table, like and make foliage runners out of olive leaf. And me not being a florist, but like knowing what goes on, I was like, I don't think you can just throw a tree branch on a table and make it look like a nice foliage runner. Like I think there's a yeah. bit of prep involved in that. Can you talk us through that? Because I think that's something that a lot of people think. We'll, we'll save money. We'll just we'll snip it off grandma's olive trees. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, eucalyptus because yeah. eucalyptus is so – blue gum is so And because it's so stiff, yeah, it like sits It really looks a bit weird. Like Well, mm. but also it like doesn't look – how it would look if a florist put it there. It doesn't look like flowy and yeah. beautiful when you just yeah. chuck it on the table. And also I've seen someone try to do it and there's just ants everywhere and I'm like, <laughs> you don't want ants on your white linen tablecloth. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, talk us through that. Like is it possible if people want to DIY certain aspects like foliage runners down their tables, like is there a little bit involved in actually making them look good? <laughs> there, there's definitely a bit of an art to it. I mean, it's about choosing the right parts of the foliage so that it will sit really nicely and even just the way that you position on the tables so that it looks like a beautiful like running foliage runner rather than just a branch laying on a table. Um, <laughs> do you like? Do you have to wire bits together as well? We do sometimes. Yeah, yeah. It, I, it depends what foliages we're using. Sometimes, if you're using a mix, you might, you know, intertwine them all and wire them together to make a joined section. Um, sometimes we are just laying it, but again, there is like a pattern that we follow, and yeah. it's about choosing the right parts of that foliage. You know, you can't just get the bun- the <laughs> stem of blue gum and go straight on the table. It has to be <laughs> cut in a certain yeah, way and then laid in yeah. a certain way to create the look <laughs> yeah. that you're after. <laughs> I know. I just think it's important though, because I think it is something that people do think. Well, you know, we could save some money here by doing this, but. If you're if you're a bit finicky about how you want it to look, you probably need a professional to do it. I've just become very self conscious about this little um, 
arrangement that I put Did together you do myself. That? Oh, that looks that actually looks <laughs> quite looks good. Beautiful. I'm impressed. Uh, oh, it's not finished. I think I just put it all kind of together and then I've got some more stuff that I need to put in there. But now I'm like, oh my gosh, I invited a florist to my great. home and I've got all these florals that don't look that great. They look they great. Do look, they do look great. They oh look thank beautiful. you. Um I'm like you pro- there's probably like several mistakes there be good if i had something to like put them in like chicken wire or whatever it it just yeah. helps them stand up yeah, the right way more structure yeah so lydia if a couple has a friend or a family member who maybe dabbles in floristry or is a florist um you know is it okay for them to maybe get that person to do some of their wedding flowers and then perhaps get a florist to do the rest so would that affect the overall look what are your thoughts on that? I think that one comes down to the individual florists, what they're comfortable working with. Me personally, I don't do weddings that way. Um, we've spent a lot of time building our brand and people are expecting a certain look and our name is attached to every image that's going out connected to that wedding, whether mm. we did the flowers or not. So because of that, we have a quite a strict policy that if we're doing the flowers we're doing everything from the bouquets to the ceremony to the reception and we wouldn't allow anyone else to have Design. a part of that yeah um but I'm sure there are plenty of florists out there that are quite happy to work in that sort of environment it is definitely worth though thinking about what you're actually asking of the person mm who's going to be doing this for you. So if they're a part of the wedding party or a family member or a guest, there is a lot of pressure involved in doing flowers and also being part of a wedding. Um, I've done it many times before. I've done weddings for friends when I've been in the bridal party. Recently I did one for my cousin um, and was a guest at her wedding and I'm a florist so it all comes naturally to me and I know how to manage the time. Um, but I was still rushing around from here to there to try and, you know, check what's going on in the reception and then rushing back to be part of family photos. <laughs> we only just got to the ceremony in time um, because I had had to do the setup and then race home and get, get my hair and makeup yeah. done and then race back. Um, yeah, it's not ideal. There's a lot. <laughs> There's a lot involved when you ask that of someone and I'm more than happy to do that for my friends and family. But I think as, you know, the couple, you've got to think what you're actually asking of that person if they're going to be doing that for you. Yeah, and the pressure that that will put on them. It does put a lot of pressure and it sometimes can take enjoyment out of the wedding then um, depending on how much you're asking them to do. That's a good point because you want, like, I think as as, um, the couple you want, you know, guests to really enjoy and and be relaxed and not stressed or rushed or anything like that. So that's a really good point to bring up because, yeah, I think there's a lot of behind the scenes that people just don't even realise as well. Yeah. And especially if they're not, if it's not something they do all the time. Um, Sure. What about people that have friends that aren't necessarily experienced at doing wedding flowers, but they just like flowers and they like to chuck flowers together at home would you say that's a big risk I think that's a big risk and a lot of pressure to put onto someone because people feel pressure when it's a wedding yeah. I feel pressure mm-hmm. even after 
so many weddings that what I'm doing is someone's wedding. So it has to be perfect. And you're putting that pressure onto someone who has maybe hasn't, doesn't have that confidence that comes from doing it all the time Mm -hmm. and they can get quite stressed. I've had people come to my shop on the day of their wedding so-and-so was meant to put their wedding flowers together and it just hasn't come together and can we put something together for them? Yeah, well, and the, the sourcing side of it, if it's someone who's never sourced in flowers or done the whole, you know, going to the markets on a Tuesday and realising that some of the flowers you've ordered haven't turned up, if they don't have that experience to kind of pivot in that moment and find a substitute, I guess it could all go badly and you know you don't really need that stress on the week of your wedding where that person's sort of without realizing it has let you down yeah and and you're running around to a florist shop trying to find a bouquet exactly (laughs) and like it's not intentional that that person might let you down it's just the circumstances because you're dealing with a natural product that doesn't always come in yeah exactly as you want it to so So I guess the message there is if it's someone who's got the experience they've done it before it it can probably work fine but you need to think about I guess the risks involved if it's someone Mm. who maybe hasn't got that experience with wedding flowers Mm. yeah and it may sound nice to you know all the bridesmaids and the bride to be putting the bouquets together the night before because you know you just want that really natural bonding experience yeah and you want that natural wildflower look but there's a lot that you have to go through in the day before your wedding and maybe putting flowers together at night is not really going to be what you feel like doing when you get to that point in time yeah yeah so Lydia, tell us about um, other things that a couple might have to set up like candles or anything else, I guess, apart from flowers. If they've got things to set up and they don't have a stylist, is that something that you potentially look after? It certainly can be. I guess it depends on the extent that <laughs> needs to be done. Um, if a couple come to us and want candles set up on their table, by all means, we can do that if they want us to set up you know a few styling elements for their ceremony that can also be done um I will always get the full extent before I agree to anything and if it is sounding like it's a lot and they start you know adding like napkins and (laughs) table place like place cards and things like that that's when I'll definitely be recommending a stylist yeah that is as something that they need if they haven't already got one in in place um and then it's just they've just got to be aware if, if we are setting up candles or it's any an other styling cost, elements, yeah. we are going to be charging for that. So of course, yeah. it's not just going to be a free service that we throw in with yeah. the flowers because that's going to take additional time and sometimes going to require we have an extra staff member mm. on site. Um, so we will look at the whole job and if we have the capacity to do it, we certainly can but it is going to be limited to things like, you know, some candles on the table or, you know, some Something simple. simple things at the mm. ceremony. Yeah. We're not going to be styling a whole wedding yeah. <laughs> yeah, as well as doing the flowers because the flowers is already such a big part of it. Yeah. So how could couples be, or we in general, be more sustainable about our use of florals? So it's, worth considering what you're going to be doing with your flowers after the wedding. I think that's where you can be 
the most sustainable. You don't want to be just throwing them all into the bin afterwards. So Mm. whether you look at how they're going to be on your tables, is it something that your guests can take home to enjoy afterwards so that they're not going to end up in the bin? Um, Can you use more things like some items in more than one place is also something that we often encourage our couples to do so that we're not wasting items. Mm. So you can, yeah, remove some items from your ceremony and reuse them in a different spot in your reception rather than buying extra ones that then, you know, you've got something extra at the end of the night that has to be either disposed of or taken home. Yeah, so even like if you have to like pull some stuff out and rebuild to make another arrangement at the reception, um, obviously there's labour involved, but you're not having to buy more flowers and dispose of more flowers, I suppose. Absolutely. Um, That's actually a question we get asked all the time is can we reuse our ceremony like arbor flowers on like our bar or our bridal table? You definitely can, but you can't just cut it off (laughs) and uh, and (laughs) put it on there. There is like you'll have to be kind of rebuilt. So we will offer that service to rebuild and we'll allow time in our schedule to reconstruct it so that it suits its new area. Um, and that way you can minimise, you know, the wastage of having extra items where they're not needed. But it will all come down to like the timings and the schedule as to whether mm. it's actually possible to do that. Having vases for your bouquets, maybe for the gift or dessert table or... Yeah, absolutely. Reusing things in mm-hmm. as many places as possible. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, after the wedding, considering what's actually going to be happening with the flowers... Um, and we'll have that conversation with our couples. Do they want us to take care of that or is that something that they have a plan for? We can always, you know, take them back and bunch them up if they like mm. to then give to idea. people. Yeah. Um, or sometimes they get they can send them to a nursing home or something like that yeah. where they can continue to be enjoyed rather than just ending up in the rubbish bin afterwards. Mm. Yeah. I've had a um, a bride that I worked with donated her wedding flowers to her grandma's nursing home. Oh, that's sweet. After the wedding and they loved it and it really brightened a lot of the residents' day. I think they all, lots of residents got like some little vase of flowers. So that's a really good way. So Lydia, we'd love to know uh, what are some of the things that we can do after a wedding to preserve our flowers? Like what are some of the things that you can do with the flowers after the wedding? Yes, this is actually a question I get asked all the time and quite often people leave it till too late. So we'll <laughs> get asked the week before or a couple of days after a wedding, oh, no, what can I do with my bouquet? I really want to keep it. Yeah. The, there is a few different options and they can be dried so they and framed, which is, I guess, an older sort of style, one really popular Um, trend at the moment is to have the flowers preserved and then put into like a resin orb Mm -hmm. that is my favorite Um, that one requires pre-booking about three or four months beforehand Mm -hmm. and then you have to package up your flowers and send them to the um, company that preserves them Mm -hmm. and they will dry them all out and put them into a beautiful little resin clear orb that That you can sit on like a like a paperweight yeah like a paperweight they range in size from like paperweight to quite large, like mm-hmm. a globe sort of size. How so do people present that, like a larger one? Like is it 
a plate or is it like um, a framed thing? Or? The ones I've seen have been like actually like more like a ball shape. So you get that 3D like Ewing. a crystal ball. Yeah, oh. like a crystal ball. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> and so you can like display that then on like a shelf or yeah. That's really beautiful. like that. So yeah. that's a really beautiful option. Mm. There's also just drying naturally your bouquet yourself where you can hang the flowers upside down in a cool dry spot and let them just dry naturally and that is a really good way to preserve them as well. So What about the um Phoebe Hunter, doesn't she do the – you send your bouquet to her and yeah. she botanically dyes a scarf, yeah. like a silk yes. fabric, mm. and you can keep that and I guess you could make it – it could be a table runner or it could be a scarf or something for you to wear. Yeah. I think you could make an art option. piece too out of some photos, like if you had a specific kind of idea that you ran past your photographer. So how much is a minimum spend for flowers and what would you get for that? I think this is a very open-ended question. <laughs> yeah, it's not really but black and white. Yeah, it, it does depend, I guess, whether you're going seasonal blooms or um, premium blooms. Generally, if someone comes to me, though, asking for like a ballpark figure, I will ask what they're expecting to get for like, what are you covering? Are you just wanting like bouquet package or are you wanting bouquet and ceremony or are you bo- wanting bouquet ceremony reception like the works? And there's different price ranges for each. So your average bouquet package for like a standard size wedding, which might have a bridal party of four or five, um, that I would say allow about 1500 for just starting there. Um, then when you're thinking of a ceremony, I would usually say starting at about the $3,000 mark for a ceremony that includes an arbor or a feature piece of some type. Um, tables, like right off the top, I would say allow $100 per table as a minimum starting per, price. Um, you mean like actual trestle table, per not trestle like a row? Table. Yeah, so yeah, usually some... that means like for every 10 people yeah. allow about $100. That's pretty good. To start with. Yeah. Um, to start. Oh, yeah. Yeah. A starting price. As yeah. a starting price. For yeah. each. And that's for like a pretty, you that's know, pretty, like, conservative, conservative. size. Mm-hmm. I mean, and another question that people often ask is, well, how, how many flowers should I have on the tables? And I often say, like, if you've got four people sitting opposite each other, like, sorry, two people and two people, four in a little, mm-hmm. like a flower arrangement per eight guests or, or sorry. <laughs> Per four guests. We got it, Kelly. <laughs> yeah, I can, baby brain. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and I was going to say, should we redo that? But no, you Let's sort of me out. <laughs> yeah, you know what I'm saying. So yeah. like one arrangement per four guests. Mm. So per two people opposite each other. Yeah, absolutely. Um, And then going, yeah, and then so for a starting price of – you know, if you're doing a whole wedding, five thousand is is fairly conservative yeah. for something of that size. Mm. Um, <laughs> I mean, this is thinking like your average wedding that has you know a hundred guests and a ceremony piece and a full bridal party. That's quite Obviously, conservative, though. Yeah. Like you wouldn't be able to go yeah. statement florals for five thousand. Absolutely 000. not. Yeah, you oh. would not be able to do statement. <laughs> Whenever you want a statement piece, you need to 
instantly allow about two or three thousand dollars per piece. So whether that's hanging or arbors or pillars. Yeah. So what's something that couples should consider when choosing their florist for their wedding day? I think you need to look at that florist's previous work um, and get recommendations, whether it's from other suppliers that you're working with. I think with flowers, you definitely get what you pay for. So you really want to make sure that you're locking in someone who's going to deliver what you're expecting yeah. just because you're getting a cheap quote. You know, you probably, you there may be a reason for that. So going with recommendations mm. um, and looking at people's previous work is really important to make sure you are going to get what you're expecting from your mm. florist. Um, and also paying close attention to their style because every florist has their own sort of style and if you're wanting a certain type of style, you're better off choosing a florist who you've seen has done that type of style yeah, before. that's so true. Um, because they're, yeah, we're all artists and we're going to put our own spin on everything. So it's finding that person that fits that look that you're going for um, and is going to give you the quality that you're wanting um, yeah. And yeah, I definitely wouldn't base it on, you know, who's giving you the cheapest quote. Yeah. Because there could be a reason you're getting that cheapest quote and on the day. If you're looking you at. You might like, be disappointed. Yeah. Like if you find a florist, I think if they're like a really rustic style and they're really cheap, but the photos that you've saved are like another florist's work who's got a completely different modern mm. aesthetic and you go to your cheaper florist or the florist that's maybe got a slightly more rustic style telling asking them to create something that's someone else's work it might not really be their style and it might not really come out the way you want it absolutely I think it's also important to consider that showing someone a photo or a florist a, mm-hmm. a photo not to expect them to replicate it identically because yeah. that's somebody else's work yeah. and we can certainly capture the same feel and yeah. the same um, sort of overall look yeah. by putting our own spin on it and making it our own and also making it then the couple's own so they are not coming out with flowers that match someone else's wedding. They've yeah. got their own their own look. Yeah. I suppose it goes with any kind of creative industry. Like you don't go to a stylist and ask them to replicate somebody else's entire wedding or a photographer to replicate somebody else's style either. Exactly. So it's the same kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, you can yeah, use like yeah. elements from oh yeah someone else's wedding to, you know, inspire what you're going to have for your wedding. But yeah, it's really important to let the florist also have a little bit of control there in what the Creativity. end product yeah. looks like, so yeah. that you get something that's unique to you. I'm sure it will end up even better than as well. Absolutely, really beautiful. Yeah, yeah. You can then. That's when you create the new style that someone else is going to want. Yeah, exactly. Having that element of trust is so important and it helps like creativity flow, I think. If you trust your suppliers, and you mm. sort of say, look, I trust you. I like this look, but do your thing. Yeah. And yeah. that's when the magic happens. Exactly. And that's mm. where it goes back to, to like how we were speaking earlier on, you know, making substitutions like, on day like four days out like if you have a florist that you can trust you can trust that if something doesn't come go to plan we're going to be able to still deliver Mm. 
even if we might have to make some tweaks along the way, yeah, you're still going to end up with an amazing product at the end. Yeah. Um, which is so important because flowers just create such a big part of yeah, they're really the beautiful. wedding day mm. yeah, and the overall feel of it. Mm. I think when asking for recommendations from other vendors, like you mentioned earlier, I think the three probably, um, I guess, like best vendors to like the – that will give you the closest recommendations is your wedding planner or stylist and then also maybe your photographer as well because they're the three that will know if you give them photos, they'll know which florists have like the closest to that and then can they can recommend, especially if you're the wedding planner as well, they probably might know what your budget is as well as have the photo and they can give you really good recommendations as well. Yeah, mm. absolutely. So last question, how soon should couples book their florist for their wedding? I think like the sooner the better. Yeah. I feel with every, like it's with every big supplier that's contributing so much to such an important part of your day, Mm -hmm. the ones that will deliver the best quality and the best overall product, they're going to book out quick. Yeah. So you really want to be securing them as soon as possible. What would the minimum time be, like minimum six, eight, ten months or you think longer than that? I mean six to eight to 12 months, I guess that's the ideal period right there. Um, And some people will book in their florists even further out than that and that's completely fine. Um, Anything within the six months, I think you could be struggling to find the right person to Mm. yeah create like you won't have as much choice so Lydia thank you so much for joining us today on the podcast we can't thank you enough um you are just a huge wealth of knowledge with your over 15 years of experience in florals and the floristry industry um yeah so thank you so much and we just love to be able to tell all of our listeners where they can find you and your businesses so uh, we do have STEM House, which is on Instagram and Facebook. So you can have a look at them there. Just search in the bar STEM House on Facebook and then it's at STEM House underscore on Instagram. Then also with your beautiful Flora Bloom store, you have at underscore Flora Bloom. And then if people want to find, like actually come in person to your floristry store, um, how would they like whereabouts is it? So we're located um, on the corner of Ayers Avenue and Winston Avenue in Door Park. Mm-hmm. Oh, South awesome. Australia. South <laughs> Australia. <laughs> and then um, if they want to get in contact from your website, it's just au. You can uh, go there and have a look at everything, but also you can order flowers for your friends and family for any kind of special occasions or Valentine's Day, anything like that. I've personally received a few of your blooms and they've been really stunning and beautiful. Um, yeah, so thank you so much uh, for everything today. Thank you so much for having me. If you are loving listening to our podcast, we would love it if you gave us a rating on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. If you know someone who's getting married who you think would benefit from listening to our podcast, feel free to share away. We want to thank you all so much for your ongoing support and for listening to our podcast. We've had so much amazing feedback. Um, apparently it's not just our mums listening to the podcast, so we just want to thank you so much uh, for supporting it's us. my grandma too. <laughs> no, she actually doesn't have an iPhone, so. <laughs> thank you.
for, for being listening. a friend. <laughs> Should we sing a song? <laughs> we haven't sung in a little while. What's a thank you song we can sing? <laughs> we are so well, lame. Was that fine? That was good. 